I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. Thank you for joining us through our podcast. Let me extend a personal invitation as well to join us at RRPC in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. This is the Easter season. We explore together resurrection hope as a people of faith. The Lord has risen. The Lord has risen indeed. May you be renewed and empowered, comforted and challenged as we listen to and for God's Word together today. Hi, I'm Neil Carter, the pastor at Rocky River Presbyterian Church, and thanks for joining in to our sermon podcast today. We hope you find God's love, grace, and challenge as you listen to and for God's Word. Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. You can find it in the New Testament portion of your Bible on page 198. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Eudia and I urge Syntyche to be part of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about everything, about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with what I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of of having plenty and of having need. I can do all these things through him who strengthens me. The word of the Lord. So I'm out minding my own business, and suddenly my watch jolts my arm. It rings. That's kind of odd, just out in the middle of nowhere. So I look down to see what the deal is, and my watch has one word across the face. It says, breathe. (laughs) Breathe. That's interesting. It's an app on the watch, and it tells me to breathe. Breathe, you know, it's, that's a pretty innocuous, simple activity that most folks perform unassisted all day long. Well, it's a, an innocuous activity that most living people perform unassisted all day long. But Breathe is an app that monitors well, breathing on your arm and alleviates stress is what it's aimed at. It gets your attention when your stress level goes up. When your heart rate increases, 
It's a reminder to practice some kind of mindfulness and meditation. To just stop what you're doing and breathe. And then I have a choice. I can either stop and do what it tells me to do. Or I can click dismiss and go on back to whatever stress level I was at. Until the next time it jolts my arm and says, breathe. So some of my friends, friends here, who mock me quite often and make fun of me for being so dependent on technology to tell me that I even have to breathe. How smart can that be? (laughs) Well, putting aside their snarkiness and, and cynicism, the act of paying attention to breathing is actually a good thing. Slow, measured fashion, you know. It can be beneficial. And even if you don't care about those physical health benefits, it's a good way to just stop in the middle of your day and breathe. Take a a moment away from stress. I know I should be more mindful about those things. I know that I shouldn't have to have a watch remind me to breathe. As a matter of fact, when I was talking to someone about this passage the other day out in the community, they said, Well, you're a preacher. You should be better than that. Well, I'm not a very good one. (laughs) Apparently. So sue me. I get bogged down in life and day in and day out and forget to stop and breathe. Stress and anxiety. Do you know that estimated 40 million adult Americans deal with stress, anxiety disorders? That's 18% of the population. And of that 18%, although these disorders can be highly treatable, only about a third of those people ever get help as they walk around in life suffering from anxiety disorders. And whether we have an anxiety disorder or not, we all come into contact with stress or anxiety. We get anxious about things, whether we want to admit it or not. Because when you think about it, there's a great deal of stuff to be anxious about. Violence. Threat of war. Overall dishevelment of society. Sickness. Health care. Those parents out there, for you who have to figure out how to pay for college for your children, if you aren't anxious about that yet, you will be. Stress is out there. And yet, Paul has this audacity to write to the Philippians today and say, have no anxiety about anything. Anything. Don't worry. It's just that simple. Don't be anxious about those bills you have. Don't be anxious about that diagnosis you might receive. Don't be anxious about your children's behavior your future, the economy. Don't be anxious about writing a sermon about not being anxious. Don't worry about anything. You know, I might as well be standing up here saying to you, hey, you folks out here who have allergies, don't sneeze during allergy season. Don't shiver when you're freezing cold. Hey, gambling addict, 
Don't ever have the urge to put 50 down on the Bears versus the Packers. Well, you should never have that urge anyway, but... <laughs> it's easy to forget to breathe. So, as Christians, we, we don't really think a lot about the Buddhism very, uh, you know, very often, the notions of Buddhism, but Buddha's four noble truths, the very first one, the very first one is all of life is suffering. That is sorrow, loss, or death await all of us and everyone we love. Ultimately, the worst of all things will happen at last to all of us. Or as Candace Carter has heard her whole life, none of us get out of this thing alive. Yeah, it's easy to forget to take time to breathe. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, anything. Here's the thing, as I've told you the last three weeks, Paul's sitting in the jail cell headed to Rome when he's writing this letter. Probably knowing full well that he is about to face the ultimate of all worst things, his own death. A perfectly good reason to be anxious about anything and everything, really. And yet he says, in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In everything, keep on praying. Come hell or high water, come winning the lottery or getting the unexpected doctor's bill that the insurance does not cover. Don't be anxious. Pray. They're to keep on asking. They're to keep on thanking God. They're to keep on making themselves known to God. Like a watch that buzzes on your arm. Paul is saying, hey, Philippians, breathe. He never tells them that they will be delivered from the worst of all things. He never says that once you pray, it'll all get better. He knows that even he will not avoid the ultimate of worst of all things. He knows when he gets to Rome what's coming. He's in prison and he knows where that leads. And for that matter, even Jesus the Christ, the one we claim we worship, cannot avoid the ultimate worst of all things himself. For he goes to the cross. But what Paul does assure them is that no matter what they incur on any given day, no matter how many anxiety-inducing events come their way, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds him that no matter what is ahead for them, they are in Christ as well. Paul's ultimately saying to them today, hey, breathe. Step back. Don't be anxious. Breathe. He doesn't suggest to them that they can steer clear of all the darkness that's beyond their control. He doesn't say things like, hey, your sickness is no big deal. Come on. Or don't worry. 
Be happy. It'll be okay. He does not try to explain their anxious moments of life as God's will for them. He doesn't explain the difficulty as God's divine judgment on their lives for something they've done wrong. He doesn't even tell them that their difficult moments are some divine test that drags them through the religious ringer. He doesn't say any of that. He just says from his jail cell on his way to face death, in spite of all the difficult anxiety moments that come our way, even when they are waist deep in alligators, the Lord is near them to walk with them. The one that stands above all of our anxious moments also transcends our best moments as well. And he is always close by. We're not always free to determine what happens to us or when it happens to us or even why it happens to us. But Paul lets them know and lets us know as well. That we are relatively free to choose how we will respond to whatever happens, when it happens, and why it happens. And that makes the difference. Paul has every reason to look on the dark side of his circumstance and say, well, this is no good at all. But instead says, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's anything Worthy of praise. Think about those things. The ultimate worst of all things will surely happen no matter what. That is to be understood. But beyond our power to understand any of all that. Paul writes. We have peace. Both in heart and in mind. As we go through them. Not because of us, not because we're good or cute or kind, but because Christ is near us. You know, there are just so many places in our lives where we're waiting knee deep in anxious moments. Yet we're assured that while we are in anxious moments, we are also in Christ, as Paul puts it. Paul dares to say to us today, don't have any anxiety about anything. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul says you can breathe because the Lord is near. And that's the only reason. Paul reminds us that life is a gift. That no matter what comes our way, we have a choice in how we react. He had every reason to be depressed. He had every reason to complain and plead with God about his dire circumstances. And yet he says, breathe, rejoice in the Lord always. And he reminds us that we can choose to breathe too. Choose to be thankful even when we are just neck high in anxious moments. We can choose not to be anxious as well. You see, in those difficult life situations, we all have that choice of what we highlight and what we downgrade. 
the person who has learned to choose gratitude for the positive in the midst of the negative is far better equipped to cope with whatever comes our way and to make the best of things even in difficult times. Doug Goldenberg was a minister over in Charlotte. He's retired. He used to be in Charlotte, but he shares this story from a young man who chooses to breathe and chooses to be thankful in life and chooses to think of life as God's gift, as undeserved grace. He wrote this in his personal diary. He shares this from one night late in the hospital sitting beside the bed of his young wife who is critically ill, worrying and waiting and wondering. I'm sure that in this situation we would all be tempted to choose bitterness or resentment and despair. But listen to how this young man responds sitting there by her bed. And here's the choice he made. She may die before morning. But I have been with her for four years, four years. There's no way I could feel cheated if I do not have her for another day. I never deserved her for a single moment. God knows that. And I may die before morning. What I must do now is to accept the justice of death and the injustice of life. I've lived a good life longer than many Better than most. My friend Tony died when he was 20. I lived 32 years so far. I could not ask for another day. What do I deserve for birth? Or what did I do to deserve birth? It was purely a gift. And I am me. And that is a miracle. I have no right to a single moment. Some are given a single hour, and yet I have had 32 years. Few can choose when they will die, and I choose to accept death now. As of this moment, I give up my right to life, and I give up my right to her life too. But wait, it's morning, and I'm being given another day. Another day to live and read and smell and walk in glory, and I am alive for another day. And she is alive. It's a gift. Another gift. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be in that situation. I wouldn't know what it's like to sit in a jail cell on the way to Rome. I can't imagine what folks in California are going through now who have lost everything. And yet, choose to say, at least we are still alive and safe. I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what you folks are going through today, what you keep hidden here. I do know this. I do know this. That no matter what, the Lord is near and offers peace that surpasses anything else we can understand or imagine in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Every once in a while, my watch is going to go off and tell me to breathe. And it goes off at the most inopportune times. And I have to make a choice. 
Am I going to stop and breathe? Or just click dismiss and go on about the stress? And you're going to have moments too where you will have a choice. There are a number of issues in our midst today. Issues that should bring about great anxiousness. And I have no idea of all the ones that are out there. But Paul reminds us, stop and breathe. The Lord is near. Allow the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Crazy. Coincidence. What do you know? Breathe. Amen. Let us. This is Neil Carter thanking you once again for listening to our podcast at Rocky River Presbyterian Church. You can also visit us at our website, complete with our online donations for those wishing to give. Come check us out at our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter. Or if you're in the Harrisburg, North Carolina area, feel free to drop in and visit us in person. Thanks again for being with us today.